between the last time I was up here on a Sunday morning and now, I got married, which is pretty cool. And I can tell you that between the last 34 days, I have it all figured out. Perfect. We will never fight again. I figured it all out. No, that is sarcasm. That is sarcasm. And I've found, you know, as, as Abby and I have lived t- together, you know, for the first time over this last month, we're just learning. You know, what does life look like together? And oftentimes the thing that, that, that kind of get in and, you know, kind of cause divisions or whatever, it's, it's the little things. The little things, like when you step out of the shower and you don't wipe your feet dry so that your feet footprints are on that, that shower mat for the next 72 hours, for whatever reason, it's, it's like, Abby, just wipe your feet. And I got I to gotta get better. I got to get better. For the sake of her, because I love her, I got to get better. Or I'm really good about starting laundry. Like, I'm good. Like, before I even need it, I am good at filling that, laundry, that washer up wash it with uh, clothes. But then I proceed to leave it for a day or two or three until it gets musty and needs to be washed again. So Abby has asked me, can you, when you put, wa- put clothes in, can you please the same day or next day make sure that it also gets dried? Yes, of course, because I love you. Yes, I'll do that. But the one that actually caused a little riff in the last month for us was I have failed on a couple of occasions now to put things in our shared calendar that are in my work calendar. So she'll look at our shared calendar when she's planning dinner with the family or with friends that we have, and then, you know, she'll, and she, she looks and sees it's open. And then a couple days prior, she'll be like, hey, remember we have this dinner? And I'm like, oh, no. We don't. You do, but I have a meeting or an event or whatever. And, and I have failed. At, in the grand scheme of things, it's a small thing. But put things into our calendar. It's the little things I've found. But it's amazing how impactful those little things can be in a relationship. They seem insignificant in the large, in the large scheme, like they don't matter. But these little things uh, can affect our perspective, our attitude, and our relationships. Even if it's just a f- for a short while, yet it does still matter. And then when I'm faithful with these little things, saying I'm going to do that, I'm going to add things to our calendar, I'm going to make sure I move the laundry, sticking to that word that I've said matters. It matters to Abby. And it matters to God, is what we're looking at today as well. Faithfulness by one author is defined as when we and the Bible describe someone as faithful, we're almost never referring to how much faith that person possesses, but how much faith others can place in that person. How much others can trust him or her to perform what he or she promises. A faithful person keeps or cherishes the faith of those who put their trust in them. Today, we are talking about cultivating faithfulness, building up faithfulness within our own lives. Right now, we are in this series called Dwell in Delight, where we are looking at the words of David and what he said in Psalm 37. And a couple weeks ago, Pastor Aaron talked about, in the second half of verse 3, the first half. He talked about dwelling in the land, and he talked about the prophet Jeremiah and how the, na- the, the nation of Israel was, was in exile, and God was calling him to dwell there, to be present there. Don't wait for this next season. I have planted you here for a purpose and a reason. Be faithful there. And so now we are going to look at the second half of the second half of verse 3. 
And so I want to sit and unpack this verse, continue to sit and unpack this verse for us this morning. I want to read these three verses to you and then hunker into where we will be today. Psalm 37 verse 1 starts with, Do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Now, without getting too much into the weeds, the second half of this verse, enjoy safe pasture. This NIV translation of the original words isn't quite up to snuff or as accurate as some other translations. So we're going to be working from the NASB translation of this verse. And I want to read this to you in the NASB. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Live in the land and cultivate faithfulness. The word cultivate gives us a closer sense of what David wants us to do. To devote ourselves to developing faithfulness until it becomes a part of us. To cultivate being a people who are faithful. People of this church being known as faithful people. This morning, I want to unpack this phrase of cultivating faithfulness in two ways. Where do we start and what does it look like? Where do we start to begin to cultivate faithfulness? And what does it look like in that space to cultivate faithfulness? So first, where to start? Look at verse 3. It says, dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. God wants you to cultivate faithfulness between you and him and between you and others right where you're planted. It's in this season of life. It's in this job that you currently have. It's in this school that you attend or this team that you are a part of. It's not in the next season of life. It's not once you graduate high school and move off to college or it's not once you get that new job or that promotion. No, God is asking you to cultivate faithfulness right now. Right now. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus tells a parable about being faithful with what we are given. And I want to read this passage, at least part of this passage to you. We're in Matthew chapter 25, starting in verse 14. It says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants to entrust his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his own ability. Then he went on his journey the man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags went off, or went with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your father's happiness. Cultivation is a process, right? David wants us to devote ourselves to developing faithfulness. Development is a process, right? Development starts at the beginning. 
Like when you first started your first job, right? You most likely did not have many responsibilities, but you also didn't have any, right? You, you started with some, right? Your responsibility was to show up on time and to do the basic things that were asked of you that that job required. And how you handled that little responsibility reflects how much more you can take on and how much that person or that employer can entrust their faith in you. This parable is using an earthly example of bags of gold to represent a spiritual responsibility. The owner gave each servant a responsibility to cultivate faithfulness with what was given to them. And if you read on, the servant that was only given one bag squandered that responsibility. Just like when we want to grow in the trust of an employer or a spouse or a son, or a daughter, or a friend. We can only cultivate faithfulness by honoring and caring for and being responsible for what we have already been given in that relationship or in that place. And spiritual faithfulness is the exact same thing. God gives us small opportunities to be faithful before he can entrust us with much. Now to get back to our point where do we start to begin to cultivate faithfulness? In verse 21 of this passage, it says, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. This word few in the Greek means small, little, and few things. But the root word of this word few is of uncertain affinity. Or in other words, of uncertain value. Meaning cultivating faithfulness in God's eyes starts with being faithful in the things that are so small, so seemingly insignificant that you might be unsure of the spiritual impact of being faithful in this moment might have. That is where he asks you to start. The smallest things is where we begin to cultivate faithfulness. One author writes, A little thing is a little thing, but faithfulness in little things is a great thing. Cooking, cooking a meal, filling a spreadsheet, buying groceries, wiping a child's nose, these are all little things. But if done faithfully for Christ's sake, they become greater than all the triumphs and trophies of an unbelieving world. They become the delight of our watching Lord. Where does God want you and me to begin to cultivate faithfulness? It's in these places. It's in the land you dwell. And it's in the little things in those spaces. It's in the little things. When I thought of little things, like doing the little things right, the first thing that came to mind for me was football. I played football. Junior high, high school, college. And the players that played, specifically in college, were the kids that did the little things right. I got moved to wide receiver, and if you know anything about being a wide receiver, you run routes, right? And a comeback route is a six yard and come in. It's not five yards. It's not seven yards. It's not six and, and curl. No, it is six steps and turn because that quarterback is planning on you being at a spot. He is not throwing at a person. He is throwing at a location and he expects you to be there. And the only way you're going to be there is if you can consistently prove to your coach that you're going to do the little things right. You're going to take the st six steps and then take the hard cut back to catch the ball and be ready for the ball. That's what separated the freshman who didn't play and the sep separated the freshman from might get the chance to play. It was the kids that did the little things right. 
Another football example of something that maybe seems small and insignificant that has big impact. Mike Zimmer's time management at the end of a game. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Love the guy. But two timeouts in a row? Like a professional coach of, a, of an NFL football team calls two timeouts in a row? Right? Like the little things matter. He said he'd, he'd get better, but was he faithful? Could we trust him? Well, he doesn't coach here anymore, so I don't know. Um, a biblical example of walking with God in the little things and then him inviting you into a great thing is the story of Noah. If you read in Genesis chapter 6, when it, in, when it, when it introduces Noah into the story, it says, it says, Noah walked with God. It, con- it conveys a sense of ongoing intimacy with God. At this point in his life, Noah is already 500 years old. That's two zeros of walking with God, of being faithful before God could entrust him building an ark for 120 years when it had never rained to save all the animals on the planet and his family. It was the little steps that that Noah cultivated the faithfulness so that God could entrust him with this thing. Where do you and I start to cultivate faithfulness? This verse tells us it's in the land we dwell. It's in the little things. It's where you've been planted right now, and it's how you live there that matters to God. Now, what does it look like? In a little bit more tangible ways. What does it look like to begin to cultivate faithfulness in this space? I want to unpack this a little more. And I want to give you three ways in which you can step out of here today and begin to cultivate faithfulness in a deeper way. It's in the land you dwell. There's three ways. Being more consistent, being more consistently true to your word, less discontinuity between what you say and what we do, and less discontinuity between what we believe, and how we behave. First, more consistently true to our word. I told Abby, I will add things to our calendar so that we don't double book because I forgot. Do I stick to that word? Do I change something to make sure that I am faithful to what I have told her I will do? Or do I just throw that, that out there to, so we don't fight anymore and then go to it again? Or do I begin to cultivate faithfulness in that space? A lot of times being true to our word happens with commitments, right? We're inviting every adult at this church to join a house group. If you join a house group, go. Make a priority to be there. Don't flake at the moment of one inconvenience or something else popped up. No, be faithful to that group. You committed to that group, go. Be present. Make it a priority. Or at work, There's a work brunch. It's going to be lame. It's going to be a waste of your time. And none of your colleagues said that they'd go, but you told your boss you'd go. You don't want to go. But are you faithful to your word? You said you'd be there. Will you be there? It's the little things. It's the little things that God asks us to be faithful. Secondly, less discontinuity between what we say and what we do. Once you commit to that house group, it might be asked to read a chapter a week of a book so that you can discuss when you meet. You said you'd be a part of this group, and being a part of this group requires reading a chapter. You said you'd be a part of it, now do it. Read the one chapter. Be all in and be present in that space. 
less discontinuity between what we say and what we do. For our students, what this looks like in life right now is honoring your father and mother. If you told your mom you'd be home by 10, be home at 10. If your parent has asked you to not have your phone in your room, don't take your phone in your room, right? It's being committed to what we say and then doing it. Less discontinuity between what we say and what we do. And thirdly, less discontinuity between what we believe and how we behave. I was thinking of examples in this, and right away it was super strong, and so I don't know if this is for someone this morning, but what came to me in this moment was, for a long time in my spiritual life, I struggled with shame and guilt of sins that I had already been forgiven for. I'd mess up, right, like we all do, and I'd go and I'd ask God for forgiveness and then I'd leave that space or I'd leave that small group after having been forgiven and then continue to carry the weight of that guilt and shame from that sin. See, what I believed was that Jesus had forgiven me, but how I behaved was something totally different. It did not line up with what I did believe. Brody, do you believe that Jesus forgives? Do you believe that he sets you free from your sin? then once you've asked for forgiveness, behave that way. Live free. Live forgiven. Live in a way in which that sin was dealt with because it was. And you believe that, now behave like you believe that truth. Or, as a Christian, do you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior? And as a result, you have surrendered your life to Christ? You believe that? Then behave it. Live a life actually surrendered to Christ and what he calls us to in this book. What we believe and what we behave. More continuity between the two. And this one right here of living a life surrender is a fast track to cultivating faithfulness with God. Reading his word and seeing what he calls us to and then living in that way, unapologetically, regardless of if it's hard. That's what cultivates faithfulness between you and your heavenly Father. Faithfulness matters to God because he was faithful to us. He is faithful to you. And now he is inviting you and me to be faithful. And he asks us to start cultivating that in the little things, right where you're planted right now. Don't wait for the next season. Don't wait for the next thing in life, but right now, right in the space that you're sitting in this seat today, right where you're at begin to cultivate faithfulness. I have a student who came to mind when I thought of this, this idea of cultivating faithfulness. Because a couple weeks ago, they told me they had the opportunity with a friend in conversation. This, con- this friend was asking questions about her faith and, and kind of combating her in her faith. But I know this student has been faithful in the little steps leading up to this moment. She, she, she texts me on a regular basis. What does this verse mean? What does God say? What is he saying by this? She attended our, our, our missions trip and she was faithful in that place and served faithfully and did the things that God was asking her to do. She, she rid herself of her guilt. Like she, she's done the things. And now God has entrusted her with this moment with a friend to speak into her life. And she's ready. They were ready. God gave her that opportunity because she was faithful leading up to that moment. 
And now she's spoken to someone's life. Like, that's amazing. Praise God. And that's what God's asking of you and me. But first, we must begin to cultivate that faithfulness so that God can entrust us with those opportunities with those people that are around us. So that we're prepared and equipped for when those moments come. You're not going to be perfect. He's not asking for perfection right now. He says, cultivate it. Develop it with me. Walk with me. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. It's where you've been planted and it's in the little things. And the way that we do this is by being more consistently true to our word. Less discontinuity between what we say and what we do. And less discontinuity between what we believe and how we behave. Start small. And he's going to entrust you with things that it's going to blow your mind, honestly. I'm going to change your life. Let me pray. God, I thank you that what you ask of us is something that's attainable. You don't ask us to just build an ark, start a ministry or a small group, or have that conversation with a friend. No, you first just say, just build up faithfulness with me. Walk with me daily. And do the things that are so seemingly insignificant for the sake of faithfulness to those around you and to me that then you will begin to entrust us with bigger and greater things, God. You make them attainable. And I pray that we'd step into that today, that you would give each of us a way in which in the season and, 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 and stage of life where we've been planted right now, a, a, a specific way we can become more faithful to you and to those around us so that you and those around us can trust us that we're going to be faithful to what we say we're going to do. God, thank you for this simple yet profound truth. We love you. In your name I pray. Amen.